This podcast is listener supported. That's right. People just like you help make this podcast happen. If you want to be part of that, visit patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s and see if there's a tier that works for you. At our $5 tier, you get a bonus episode four times a year. There'll be one included in this listener request month block. It'll be stripes. The only way to hear that is to be on Patreon, but there's a ton of content up there, more than 20 hours worth. We've got episodes on Top Gun. There's that Top Gun Maverick movie coming out soon if you want to hear us trash. Gaga's been, been, I didn't realize she wrote a song for this movie, so she's just been like shilling it. What a wild choice. Right? I mean, I mean, is it though? Look how gay the first one was. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that movie, th- like that movie doesn't know it's gay. Yeah, the movie might not, but their marketing team might. <laughs> Uh wow, that is that is buckle up. Yeah, a lot of people have been like, "Oh, are you so excited?" I was like, "I I I hate that movie. I think it stinks. It's just jets flying for two hours." But anyway, uh, got episodes on Top Gun. Got episodes on the Great Muppet Caper. We've got episodes Roger Rabbit on Roger Rabbit on Footloose, which was recently discovered, long thought lost, now recovered. We no longer have a lost episode, which is rare for a podcast. Disney Vault, look uh, out. The dissect in the 80s vault is here. Except we just lost the combination. (laughs) We just forgot it. Uh, Anyway, check out patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. This show wouldn't be here without people supporting it. Uh, This episode is chosen by one of our Patreon folks. This is from Tom on Patreon. So uh, if you want to be like Tom and support the show, visit patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s and our last episode was brought to a bar brought to you by our first patreon listener i'm not sure if i said that on that but that was uh, michelle who's been with us on patreon since day one tom shortly thereafter so thank you to both of these folks who support the show from the beginning and we uh, would love to have you on and that's uh, the other part of that which i always uh, forget to mention but you get a custom rss feed and you can drop it into your favorite podcast app so you don't have to learn a new app or use a new thing it's not like when stuff goes exclusive to spotify and when you sign up, you get everything. So you get the whole back catalog of all the bonus content, everything. It's not just what you get going forward. So go check it out. See if there's uh, anything you'd like to see, including our first 75 or so episodes, which we pulled down because people were telling us we sounded like crap. So uh, I don't think we sound like crap, but the audio quality is not as good as it is. Here. Yeah. Anyway, patreon.com. Much like PBS podcast. brought to you in part by listeners like you. <laughs> Exactly. Brought to you in full. In full, I guess. Yeah, it's not in part. Yes, we're not in part. We do not have any other uh, revenue sources at moment. So thank you so much for listening. And thank you for uh, possibly giving us your support. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the mega podcasting powers. And with me, as always, is awesomely... I had a th- I had a, I had a three word AAA and I lost one of the adjectives. Uh, the Macho Mandrew. <laughs> Andrew Lano. This this movie has a whole thing about this. He's with Harry Hardon, and I had like a happy A-A-A Harry Hardon. Oh, is it? It's four? three. Oh, it's three. No, three I, I only ages. Had three. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Hardon. <laughs> Hardon. Where I come from, we spell Hardon with an extra H. Uh, yes, I had a, I had a third A word, and then all my brain could come up with, with was agoraphobic. Auspicious. I don't think it's auspicious. Uh, anyway. Uh, Yes, uh, we are here uh, sticking our toe into the 90s. Uh, still a movie with a very 80s on its sleeve, I feel like. But not literally, because this movie does not look like, it does not look like the 80s. It's, it's, the, it's the right on the border of the, the fashion. For a 1990 movie, it felt very mid-90s. It felt like clueless. Oh, interesting. I didn't, I didn't think it felt like it had the flavor of the 80s in it, which is for an, a 1990 okay. movie, I was like, 
this is weird. I didn't think the fashion got is like extreme like 90s in this so that's why i was thinking but i, I got more it was more that like a grungy sort of nirvana age yeah uh well this comes from patreon supporter tom and you can hear what he thinks about why we're watching this right now hey guys this is uh tom from patreon I want to talk about my pick this year pump up the volume i i think i i really like this movie i think it's 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 a pretty honest portrayal of i think the isolated nature of high school the themes in this movie to me still even now feel really contemporary i think you know the desire to be seen and heard on your own terms you know the need to rebel a dawning sense of societal entropy i think there's all sort of like timeless teenage rites of passage you know things that you you just you all sort of realize are happening in the moment but also i think you know this movie is interesting for for the time when it came out i mean this i was about the same age as the characters in the movie at the time and the fashions and the music really were all sort of in line with my style and so that kind of spoke to me a bit but it gave a glimpse i think this movie in particular of what was really happening in the world and what was coming really quickly in terms of like social shifts and style but also in interconnectivity i think they really kind of hit the nail on the head with a lot of the stuff uh, i like this movie it's uh i think it's pretty honest and uh you guys I hope you guys like it um hey thanks for everything you guys uh again i'm really happy to support you i really like your show and uh i look forward to uh, many more years of support take care Bye. well like tom said we're watching pump up the volume so you know what that means we gotta go back we gotta go dissect the 80s it's your shitty excuse for an emotional outlet. Someone's gonna be like, your shitty excuse for an emotional outlet. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Mega power, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. So I had never even heard of this movie. Me neither. Before it came in through the, uh, the the request line. So I will say, I think if I saw this movie when I was seventeen, it would have been a movie that I absolutely <laughs> much like, like Rent. I would have been all about yeah. this. Like this this movie, and I even watching it as a thirty five year old, firmly in the middle age camp, if you ask me, uh, man, like. I felt it in a way that I was really surprised. Really? By. This movie captures, like, I feel like this movie captures the 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 feeling of being a teenager as good as anything else I've ever seen that attempts to do hmm. that. Like the sort of how you feel powerless all the time, but also like can't figure out what to do with your body and like everything all at once is a nightmare. Like I I. As much as people like to be like, oh, man, like, you know, the, the best time of your life is when you're a teenager. Like, I don't think that's necessarily true. Like, there are aspects of being a teenager yeah. that are wonderful. The, the lack of responsibility and all that stuff. But it's like... I had a better body. body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you don't know what to do with it. Like, you feel weird inside of it. It's like your your body is turning you into an adult and you don't know how to handle yeah. that. Like, everything about that sucks. Yeah, people deal with mental health issues all of the time because of the way that their brain is physically changing inside their body that they just don't know how to process that thing that's that stuff those emotions and like as somebody who I, I would say fared better than average on that front like 
so many of my friends didn't. So many people I knew didn't. And so I feel like this movie really I captures didn't. that spirit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't want to put No, I mean, I'll, 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 about, we'll get into it. I, I will yeah. openly discuss my mental health issues that I had in high school. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to, like, uh, put yeah. you on the spot with that. But it's like, I think it's good to talk about this stuff if you want to talk about it. But, you know... I, I, I've seen, there's plenty of movies that capture what it's like to be a teenager, right? This is not like an, a, a, an outlier. This no. is one of the most, coming of age is one of the most prevalent genres of movies. And it's also a, a kind of story it. that I feel like has been told a couple times. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I really, really thought that the, the way that this character was written captured that in a way that I thought was awesome. And the Christian Slater performance is, I think, awesome like so natural so real so very much like a teenage weirdo who doesn't know what to do with himself i do like his performance i hate his character but i do his performance of that character i really he's good at it well i think part of that is going to be the cultural disconnect because like i guess you and i both hit and i hate these things used in broad like i hate these things shouldn't be used for the minutiae but i think in the broad strokes you can make some comparisons and so i'm going to do that even though you know feel free to kick the soapbox out from under me whenever you want but like this is a gen x movie yes this is a movie about the gen x point of view this is a movie about like the the jaded like everything's broken like tear it up burn it all down which was awesome except none of them did anything with it yeah if you you gotta do (laughs) if you had like that thought is correct things were broken but like you need to then do a thing about it right do anything not not just anything just anything and so like the you know i there's a lot of discourse now about millennials and the gen z kids and there's you know a discourse like gen x is like the forgotten you know generation to the media in some ways like me people have made that point and i don't think it's crazy but like they had the same feelings that subsequent generations did like i you know i don't think it's crazy. they just didn't have greta like, thurberg right they didn't they didn't know what to do with it they didn't hadn't they could didn't figure out what to do with it and i'm painting in broad strokes here obviously there are plenty of gen x people who serve as elected officials and started nonprofits and all that stuff like I, obviously i'm painting in broad strokes here but this movie i think is so inherently about that sort of gen x vibe of like it's all broken there's nothing you can do about it so you might as well just burn it all down and it's like i get that i get where they're coming from like i get the point of view so i just yeah i i I don't. I wouldn't say this movie spoke to me in that it like you know stirred you know me in a way that you know made me like oh I got a boy again something yeah 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 but I I just I watched this movie and I was just like oh man if I was seventeen or sixteen or you know some teenage age when I saw this I would have thought this was like one of the best movies I ever seen I'm honestly shocked that it's not more of a teen cult classic kind of thing yeah like yeah it's crazy to me I guess it probably would have helped if it got if it had been like on a a, a sh- like a Comedy Central rotation kind of thing, mm-hmm. but I I just like I knew the like the Christian Slater characters in high school, the rich kid tryhards who were like, "Isn't my life terrible?" And I'm like, "You mean yeah. the giant house you live in, and the parents who feed you and clothe, and like you have clothes and food and a place to sleep at night, and and you getting right. you're getting an education." You're right. Your life is terrible. There's definitely no one else who has it worse than you, rich white kid. Yeah. I I, I don't disagree with you on a fundamental scale, but I will say that, like, I really strongly feel that trying to do, like, competitions as to who has it worse just makes everybody feel worse. And it's like... Uh, obviously, I'm not, right. I'm not trying You're to say right. competition-wise, but it's just like... Yeah. 
every time I saw those kids that were like acting out against their parents, I'm like, okay, but like, why? Like, what's your what's your base level goal here? Especially in this movie, when the parents right. are like genuinely nice people yes. who are like, and the dad, the dad's heart and actions are in the right exactly. Place. Like when when it, when it comes push comes to shove, the dad does the right thing immediately every time, and it's just like. Every time they're like, hey, we're concerned. Because honestly, if I'm a parent of Christian Slater in this movie, I think my kid is either A, suicidal, or B, going to be a school shooter. Or doing drugs. But no, the fact that he's like, he has no ambition, he doesn't have ambition, yeah. and he won't make friends, and he's angry about everything, yeah. and he won't talk to anyone. I'm like, yeah. these are all a lot of signs. Because even people who do drugs have friends. Like, they, they get their drugs from someone. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't, you know, yeah. I didn't do a lot of snorting drugs in high school, as we talked about, but, like, <laughs> I, they all knew each other. They were all hanging out. Right, right, right. So, like, obviously there's concern, and it's like, and again, I am a 30-year-old who is on the other side of the therapy that I had in high school, but yeah. I also actively sought out that therapy, because I was like, there's a problem with my brain. So, it's just like, go to therapy, kids. If you, if you have yeah. issues, you need to talk to someone, and a therapist is a professionally trained friend in your corner. Right. And, and you're 100% right. Like anyone who's listening to this, like if you think you need help, you should get it. Like go go find a way to get help. But it's 1990. <laughs> yes. Therapy is still for like the weirdos at that point. Like I mean sh- shit, The Sopranos started airing in 99 and Did it really? Like 2000 I thought it was later yeah, than that. Like, wow. I think it's 99. It might part of my brain is yelling at me that it's 97, but The Sopranos is aired like Aired in, until I was in college. Like I, it, it finished up in my freshman or or uh, sophomore year of college. No, yeah, freshman or sophomore year of college. So that's like oh nine to twenty ten ish, and that show is about how like men won't go to therapy, and also most of society thinks therapy is crazy. It was not oh nine ten. So like you were not in college then. You're right. <laughs> I was like I graduated okay, in ten, sorry. so you did not. I graduated college in oh nine. Apologies. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm bad at numbers as as we have established. So oh six oh seven ish is when it ended. Apologies, but that is about like that shows fundamental things. Like a major part of that show, not just the mob people, but just the regular everyday people are like, "Whoa, you go to a shrink? Like, what's wrong with you?" And it's I like, never, so I've like, never seen this. I've never. Watched, I know it, it was like a thing for you, mom and dad. I know, obviously was too young to watch it. No, I didn't watch it until I was in college, and then I watched the last like couple episodes with mom and dad because they had been watching it the whole time. I I just never knew I that was, I like, I was forbidden from joining in on the Sopranos watches. You know, fair. But I, it was only recently anyway, as I anyway. as I hear little snippets of the of what that show is, I'm like, I didn't realize so much of that show was him in therapy. Yeah, yeah, no, the 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 thing that's interesting about that show is how just like almost everybody watching it, critics included, completely fundamentally misunderstood it. Like there was famous review, a famous review of that show several seasons in was less talking, more whacking. And it was like, this is not a, this is like, it's like the same people who misunderstand Goodfellas as being like a cool show, movie about the mob instead of like a treatise on the failure of America. It's like, you know, the, and, and how like masculinity is born. Poison, like the it's not hidden. It's just that nobody reads it that way. Yeah. Much like as you know, I've said, you can really piss off people of the previous generation when you talk to them about how uh, it's a wonderful life is explicitly about communism being better than capitalism. But let's not go there today. Uh, so all I'm saying is that show is airing 25 years later and is still or 
15 years later and is still fundamentally about how like therapy is bad for weirdos. So cut Christian Slater a little bit of slack. Although your point is correct. Yeah. That's all. I'm I mean, I am aware because like the golden girls make fun of that. And then I'm now watching the nanny, which I never watched in the original run and, or like even in yeah. reruns. And I'm like mad at myself because it's an excellent show. And so many times it like, I don't think I could put up with that Fran Drescher put upon voice for, it's not that put upon. It's not that put upon, unfortunately. It feels like she leans into it. I think she leans into af- aspects of it, but when like there's interviews with her of her just like talking, and that's sort of just how her voice is. Okay. But like the youngest girl in the house, uh, who's like seven, I think, she's like a like a very young child, is in therapy, and like it's kind of a joke that like it's definitely yeah. I was gonna say that's definitely played as a joke. Um, but also she's like very wise about it. She'll be like, I think you're overcompensating for your fear of blah 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 for your with your blah blah blah. And it's like, oh, okay. So we we get what therapy does. Yeah, it's a yeah, joke, but yeah. we do understand what it accomplishes. Right, right. So yeah, I totally agree. Christian Slater's character should probably go see it there or buy a journal. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's the thing is like at first he thinks that's what he's doing. Like he does. The problem is we don't see. We never saw listening. that. Yes. I want. We. I needed yeah. a little flashback to. To I'm shouting into a void. My you know Zanga profile. Because it makes me feel better. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No one. There are yeah. four people reading this, and they're all my friends who yeah. know everything I'm going to type anyways. But I'm going to type it out. Like. Right. Yeah. So the the other thing that I think is a huge flaw in this movie is that. He sort of alludes to, and it's possible that I missed this and it was in a passing line. So if I'm wrong here, please correct me. But like two thirds or more of the way into this movie, it's like, oh, there's something insidious going on at this school that is like, (laughs) why did we wait so long for that? Okay. Okay. So that's what, cause I was like, that should be number one. It's like, we should think like, oh, something like the dad should be casually talking at the dinner table of like, yes, the damnedest thing. Like the, the scores seem high, like artificially high or something. Cause it becomes this like major platform of the movie that gets really shined a light on and then solved in like 16 it, minutes of screen time. I'm going to be quite the homosexual for a moment and say, it reminds me a lot of when my high school did the pajama game. Because the plot in that is similar. Like, the whole movie is they want the people in the pajama factory want a seven and a half cent raise. I played the boss who was like the villain or whatever. And literally the villain the whole time, I was just like, no, you can't have a raise. Grumpy, 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 cigar, cigar, cigar. And then in the last seven minutes of the, of the show, they're like, you've been cooking the books and you do have the money for the seven and a half cent raise. I'm like, oh, you got me. You get your raise. And everyone cheers. And I was like, yeah. I was always like, well, hang on. We should focus yeah. on that a little more. Yeah, like someone should be stealing the book in Act One and then taking it to an accountant for independent like, review in Act Two. Show, like, you like, should be a plot. We need sprinkles of this because you can't just be yes. like, "Here's your Sunday pie in the face." Like, yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. Because honestly, I mean, again, gay. This movie should have had more Ellen Green being a little lady detective. Yes, like yes, it, she should have yeah. been Ellen Green and the dad like tag teaming about this is like a perfect subplot that should happen. Like she doesn't have to be an actual investigator or reporter, but she could be a teacher who is confused and concerned. Yes, she also is like a teacher who's concerned. Like we see her like trying to intervene with a student and like, you know, th- there's a scene that we should just start talking about the plot of the movie. But like there's a scene where the dad is like, oh, your teacher said something to me about like being concerned about you. It's like clearly she cares about yeah, people. That's like, what does. happened to me in high school. And it's <laughs> yeah, why I'm the way I am and here alive today. 
Yeah, like a, a you know a good teacher cared. She should be. That's I texted you and I was like, oh, Audrey one is in this because Ellen Green played Audrey in Little Shop, and you were like, oh, that's exciting. And I was like, yeah, I really wish she had like twenty five percent more. She to needed do more in screen time because it's like she was. But not just because I like Ellen Green, but also because that character it was a great was character. This movie and like yes, and it's like yeah. was involved in the plot that should have had more screen time. It, it should have been more of a 50-50 split between Christian Slater and Ellen Green. Yes. Yeah. And I, I get why it is this. One, because it, this is a movie tried to be sold to teenagers and Christian Slater is a total babe. And two, I think Christian Slater has many great performances. He does. But having never seen this one before, I would put this among the it's best. It's a great one. He does a great job. It, I, he's, I mean, he's electric in this movie. So... We'll we'll get into all this stuff some more. This is a, a rambly intro for this movie, but uh, we start with an extremely nineteen ninety like sort of like chalkboard font spray paint says Christian. It was a little, a little, well, the spray paint comes next. Oh, you're right. It was the word. Is it the word? It's sort of like pump or volume. It's it's pump up the volume is like a spray. It's like those the stencils. Um, Stencil, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like Christian Slater who gets his name before the title of the movie, which I thought was pretty big. I mean, at that he's at that point he's sitting pretty. He's he no well deserved. He's done at least Heather's, which was huge, and I don't know. He's done yes. a couple other big things at that time. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Heather's is also about the same emotional chord that this movie is about, but just done as sort of a black comedy version. Which is why I like it a lot this more. Kind of straight because right, I think right. I I I, well, I want to acknowledge that at the top that like my favorite movie is a Christian Slater movie about teen suicide in high school. And this movie is right. a Christian Slater movie about teen suicide in high school. But, like, right. Heather's takes place in a dream world fantasy bizarro land that is not trying to be us. It is trying to – it is aware that it's a heightened camp thing. And so it's right. easier to get in – like, run away with that silliness. That like, it's not real suicide. It doesn't – nothing feels real in that movie. Right. This movie – I don't think it needed to have a suicide in it. I don't think it handled it properly. And I, I think it was yeah. a really cheap thing to put in the movie. Yeah. I, 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 I wish that scene was different. Like yep. I wish that it was an attempted suicide that like the, the, the parents came in and caught the kid with the gun or something. You know what I mean? Cause like, I think that also, that gets it. the same point across that they need. Like, like absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. So, yeah, so uh, we got Christian Slater's name pre-title, uh, and immediately I found the first, there's several in this movie, but well, the first time I was like, oh, there's a Christmas gift for Andrew, this little tiny walk, wind-up penis walking across the table. Where did he get all of these? Is, was Spencer's it's a thing so, then? Oh, I, it's got, I think Spencer's gifts is way older than we think it is, but also this is clearly like, but look, the bachelorette party having many penis objects is not a new thing. No. So I feel like, you know, this is probably available somewhere it's in like behind the beaded curtain at the video store maybe you yeah. know what i mean i mean here's the thing. i go to gay bars so i've seen all of the bachelorettes come in and their penis stuff they're a, a sure. fucking nightmare <laughs> i'm aware of it all yeah, but it's I, mean, we- I was like these are weird yeah. things it's like it's not like novelty it's like a wind up like the ducks that walk but it's a dick yeah yeah there's a lot of dicks here yeah, yeah. I also, like, I guess it's just, like, we don't want to be hit on, but, like, there's an odd invasiveness to a bachelorette party showing up at a gay bar. Like, I think anybody can go to a gay bar. Don't be wrong. Like, it's fine. Like, I think I think I could go to a gay bar. I don't. I have not gone to many gay <laughs> bars, but I don't think it's, like, weird and invasive. But the thing you're describing with the bachelorette party, party pardon me. They're the worst. Uh, feels like, 
It's but it also feels like what are you doing? Like why are you here? What is this? What are you doing here? It's what I call gay safari, and I hate it. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. That it's the perfect term for it. That is you saying it makes me. That is the the emotion I was feeling that I didn't have a good word for. Yeah. You're exactly right. Gay safari. It's, it's that's what it always is, and it's the bachelorette or the birthday girl gets too drunk. I mean, here's the thing: they tip not too bad when they get drunk. So whatever. Okay. Well, that's. Funny. But like, I'm always like, hey. This is not your place, so you will stay at your table. Don't get on stage. Just give us money and clap. <laughs> I would absolutely watch a sketch that was called Gay Safari, by the way. Oh, there's absolutely. Like you you shooting footage at a at a gay bar, and there's like a Dave Attenborough. Attenborough voiceover that's like describing the various flavors and shades of of, of the spectrum of, of, you know, people and different I know, love that. vibes and costuming and stuff. That's I, I, a funny sketch. Um, so, uh, already we're starting with like the nonsense that Christian Slater's fake masturbating, like really aggressively and everyone yeah. is eating it up. But like, this was, this was a thing that like, this is basically early Howard Stern yeah. show, except they were probably actually masturbating and it was hugely popular. So while I'm like, what, why does anyone think this is so great? It's like, clearly he was, he was tapped into the zeitgeist. Yeah. I mean, also, I guess I just never, I mean, I was, I was like a differently form different form of shitty as a teenager i wasn't this yeah. i wasn't like shock jock like i wasn't yes. into that i was i, I was insufferable in other ways period. like <laughs> yes. firmly acknowledging yes. that but i was not insufferable yeah. in that way i had a shock jockey phase i'm certain i don't remember it vividly but i'm certain that this was part of my repertoire for a period of time for sure uh so we we cut to like Kids are listening to his radio show, which, like you said, it would have been better if this started out with, like, nobody's listening and then somehow, like, hey, did you hear about this? Hey, did you hear about this? Like, I would rather see this kind of, like, meteoric rise part of it where Mm -hmm. it becomes sort of a phenomenon. But this girl is listening to the thing. She's in, like, she's a full-in little Reaganite here. She's got a sweater and a frilly collar thing, uh, uh, blouse, and, and a string of pearls and a brooch, and the sweater's pinned on. And she's still wearing her shoes and her tights, and she's sitting in her bed. And I'm like... My God, you are at least take your shoes off. At at least take your shoes off. Unbutton the sweater. Mama Mia. Yeah, I I think it's also that like I grew up in the like the rise of social media. So like everyone I knew was a fucking pirate radio DJ because everyone had their own timeline and status updates. Right. When I was in high school, there was a thing. I cannot remember what it was called, but you're going to you're going to your eyes are going to fall out of your head when I describe it. You basically like made a profile and you're like, this is me. And people could like go on. And the sole purpose of this website was to submit anonymous statements and questions uh, to you about you. I remember that. No, I remember that. I had friends who did it and I would, I remember like reading them. It was like, it was really voyeuristic to read that from, from other people. I remember reading it of like girls I had crushes on and stuff and being like, whoa, this is wild. Like, this is like reading somebody's diary. Why is this public? Yeah, it was bizarre. But like, so like, I grew up in that era where people, I could I could open anything and it was, people would be like, what's the farthest you've gone? Wink face. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. this, this a-hole is whatever. Like, I had this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I, well, obviously, like, that's and watching this is like I don't have any experience with pirate radioing, but like we are doing a pirate radio broadcast right now in a, in of sorts, right? Yeah. Like it 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 just it's you can swap this out for any anything you know 
like they this like the, the I'm almost positive the reboot of Heather's is like a blog that blows up, right? Isn't that like not physically blows up? No, it's um, gets, it's I, I mean I only watched the first episode or so because they I don't I never knew where to find them, but it was um, it was a video suicide note. So I don't know that it was like a blog necessarily. It was still a video suicide okay, so note. It wasn't Heather's then. There's there's a there is a similar like a movie similar to this where it's like a teen with a blog and the blog becomes popular, but the blog's anonymous and everyone's like, who's writing the blog? And they're trying to figure out who it is. Like, I feel like this movie has been made like this type of movie has been made with a tech update every 10 or so years where it's like, like there's probably going to be a version of this with like a TikToker, you know? Well, there's two Disney channel original movies with that concept. And one of them is just this movie. It's called radio rebel. It was after my time, but I've seen, okay. I watched like people make YouTube videos about how stupid it is, but it's literally just this movie. Okay. Except that instead of okay. the dad being the school commissioner, the dad owns a radio station. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, and then the other one I think is called Read It and Weep. Okay. And it's about a girl who like writes a blog that's like a story, but it's like mm-hmm. based on the people in her school. So it's like kind of gossip girly, uh... I guess. Or Bridgerton, uh, uh, for those new people. I don't think there's a blog at Bridgerton. Isn't that an old-timey show? It's not a blog. It's a, it's a, it's a letter. It's a, it's a oh, newsletter. Oh, oh. Bridgerton is, is Regency-era Gossip Girl, and I will fight <laughs> anyone who... Is, it, is there a town crier? Hear ye, hear ye. Samantha is a huge slut. No, hear it, ye, it's hear even ye. better. It's Julie fucking Andrews narrating Lady Pennywhistle, I think her name is. And she is the one who's like, mm. oh my, that was George Takai. <laughs> that was George Takai. <laughs> Lord yeah, Bridgerton yeah. went canoodling by the lake with Lady Jessica or whatever. Like, I it's see. amazing. Uh, anyway, uh, Christian Slater's arguing with his parents a little bit. It's the scene we kind of alluded to where they're like, hey, uh, you don't seem to be having any friends or doing anything social. You just go hide in the basement. Like, we don't know what's going on. We're worried about you. And he's like, as you said, as long as my grades are up, you'd leave me alone. It's like, yeah, they might have. But like, also, this is kind of concerning. No, you're social. As we as we learned in the years 2020 and 2021, your social development is also a crucial part of your high school experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And he's like, I'm like, you have no friends because you're an insufferable twat. Like, right. And then, but also he, it's, he's like cripplingly shy. We'll find out later in the movie. You know, what's a really, (laughs) I was like, you know, what's a really great way to work through some interpersonal communication issues and social anxiety? Therapy. (laughs) Yes. But also like, talk about it. Like, to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I was like, it was like, you mean therapy? like, Like, yeah, yeah. But I was like, like. Yeah, I don't I don't feel comfortable walking up to and talking to strangers. Like just say that sentence. Like in terms of like this movie failing, I'm like give me that deve- like finding out later, like way later that he's like, "Oh, I only feel comfortable when I can talk on the radio." Is like a huge piece of this character that I kind of inferred on my own, but having it be a focused part of the movie was like, "Oh, that's actually really interesting." Like yeah. he's talking about like like and and again, soapboxy, but like talking about the bravery that people get when they're anonymous is like a very interesting thing to be watching this movie in 2022. Like keyboard warriors. Interesting part of this movie. Yes, exactly. So he's a sensation at school. Uh, Really like everyone like this. This is where the, it starts blowing up. This movie, you're right. It should have opened with a montage. It should have opened with Christian Slater yelling into a void and then a montage opening credits of people like, 
Oh, did you hear blah, blah, blah? Did you hear, I almost said Radio Free Roscoe, which is the the, <laughs> the TV show version of this of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, we, in the very beginning, there's a part where, like, one kid calls another kid and is like, you got to listen to this. And he, like, they, they are listening together on the phone. And then they show us a couple other kids listening alone. And the one kid is, like, recording the show. But I just feel like one, like, just play that out a little like give us like the implication was that this is already established yeah yeah and it's like i just need to know like like the ripple effect of this catching on and it's like we could have had the kid who's later selling the tapes been like you guys gotta go listen to this like take this home and listen to it it's crazy this guy's doing this right like i wanted a little bit more of the like oh he's a sensei because like we get to like oh he's a it's like starting the movie after the song is a number one hit. Like if you were to watch uh, that thing you do and it starts after the part where their song is a success. So I've only seen 20 minutes of that movie that I watched last week. You gotta watch, you gotta watch that movie. It's so, it's so good. It's one of those ones that was never streaming and now seems to be streaming quite Hmm. frequently. I have so much. And also you would be interested. Crispy glove. The director's cut. The what's that? Crispy glove is in it. Oh yes, but the uh, the director's cut of that. Tom Hanks's character is gay and has a boyfriend. Shut it's up! A subplot about him like having to live closeted in the sixties. Did he have a lavender marriage? I've never seen the oh. director's cut. So it, Tom Hanks's character is just kind of like the guiding force. Yeah, I, I, so I saw Tom success. Hanks's character in the in twenty minutes yeah. of that movie that yeah. I saw. Yeah, yeah. The the that movie has one of my favorite like single scenes of all time. One that you can just like, I don't do a lot of like watch a random scene on YouTube, but it could throw on and just like make your day a little brighter when they, when their song is on the radio and they are like desperately running to tell each other, but it's like, you have exactly three minutes and it's 1960, whatever. So there's like really no way to do it. And the friend, like, I think it's Steve Zahn goes like sprinting into the the appliance store where the dad works and starts turning on all the radios. The dad's like, what are you doing? And then they realize it's their song and they're all just like holding hands and jumping up and down. Like children is just, it's, it's just one of these, like, you sometimes get a like joy, like a perfect depiction of an emotion. And that is just like exactly what a joyous moment feels like. It's just a really beautiful piece of filmmaking. It's it's a great movie. I, I highly recommend that thing you do. I think it's wonderful. And the the song rules, which is amazing. Like they wrote a fake song for the movie and it's actually a very. Oh, good really? Song. I see. I never knew anything. I didn't know if it was like a, a biopic or something. It's the dude from They Might Be Giants, I want to say. He wrote all oh. the songs in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He he just he died during the quarantine. No shit. COVID. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so he's a sensation at school. We cut to that night's radio well, broadcast. So that's the other that we don't cut to the yet because there's like at school we see a guy, like an uh, an adult, grab two kids off the bus and walk them into the principal's office. Yes. Yes. And then. He refers to them by first name only. Yes. And then later we talk about a character by the last name, I think. And I was like, yes. are we supposed to, I was like, who are we talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And also, you're too I cryptic. Think supposed to, <laughs> I think that's supposed to be part of the bigger plot that we've. Oh, it is. Later that the, yeah, the, the, basically Christian Slater keeps like really vaguely alluding to there being sort of a seedy underbelly to this Stepford YV school where it's like the test scores are great. All the kids are good. There's no problems. And it's like, well, yeah, there's no problems because they in the first month of school expel anyone they think is going to get less than a 1400 on their SATs or whatever. Which is we- I didn't. Did schools ever track that? Because so it wasn't it wasn't SATs. But do you remember we had the PSSAs? Like, yes. 
There was so I that they say it SATs in this movie, which I think was just to make it shorthand to make it national. Is my guess? Yeah, I mean, you could say the but state I testing. Most... I feel like just say state testing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, who tracks the SATs? Because not everyone takes those. Right. Also, it's like optional. Like not every kid wants to go to college. Yeah. And stuff. So there are yeah, trade schools. Like yeah, right. Or just people who you know go to do an apprenticeship or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the um. I think that's what it's supposed to be a stand-in for. They definitely do say SATs, which I also found confusing. But it's like, they basically are like, anyone who's not going to be above average, anyone who's going to drag our score down gets the boot in the first month of school. Which is like, I think, actually, like, you could make a movie that, about I that. want that it movie. Would be really interesting. I would rather have yeah, that movie yeah. because the that is so much more interesting than Christian Slater whining on, on the thing. Because I was like, get to the meat of it. Right. Like, show me what's going on. Give me bigger hints so that the reveal, because this whole thing, I was like, I don't know who this man is who's taking students off the bus to the principal's office. Right. I don't know. He's just a dude. Are they just in trouble? I don't know that they're expelled. Like, what? Right. No, I agree entirely. I, that, I, I think this movie is like almost great. And if it like had that in it, it would be like if it was if it was the same movie and Christian Slater's radio show and the teenage angst and all the pieces that are in it. But it was just like more fundamentally about like the Stepford. Why the, the, this school seems like a perfect place, but it's really got this CD hidden on it. But like the faculty, but not a horror movie is what I'm describing. Yes. It's like, you know, like like there's like, a, oh, this place seems great, but there's more to it than that. And like. Maybe Christian Slater doesn't talk to his dad because he's not sure if his dad's part of it. And he's concerned that that. I love that because you know? so, then I get a reason for why Christian Slater won't talk to his parents who are very kind and sweet and open. Right. And seem like like generally nice people. Yeah. Like, like they don't even seem like squares. <laughs> they seem like pretty fun to be Hipping with it. They don't make him. They don't make him drink milk with his dinner, which we see in so many of these. Yeah. Uh, so on the radio show that night. Uh, he calls up the guidance counselor for the school and like kind of like prank calls him. And then he gets another letter that's uh, seems to allege that this person's being sexually assaulted regularly. And he, yeah, I read that and I was like, out. Oh, I heard that. And I was like, no. Yes. Yes. Cause I texted you. While I was watching. I was like, man, the first 40 minutes of this movie are like, it's a lot, pretty dark. It's a lot. Yeah. It, it, it gets better in the back half, but I was like, Oh man, like this is probably real. Like this is a, like, and at this point it was like, Oh, like this is going to be the thing where it's like all the kids are writing him anonymously about the horrible things that are happening to them. It's like post secret, but not digital. Yeah. It po- yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, man, I haven't thought about that. And like me neither. <laughs> um, uh, so he, they, if the person includes their number, he calls them. And so he calls this person and he starts talking to them and immediately it's revealed. This was just like a gag letter. Like within, and within I the think, first second of the camera on this person, you're like, Oh, they, this is not real. Yeah. And, and the whole purpose of this, I think is because the, the subsequent letter is the, the person who's saying, Hey, I, should I kill myself? And he calls that person up and he treats it with the same level of frivolity that he treats that first call because he doesn't think any, he's like, nobody's paying attention to my radio show. You know, I call bullshit. You have a PO box. Yeah, that's fair. There's no way no one's paying attention to your radio show. If you have a PO box. Yeah, that's fair. We don't even have a PO box. No podcast, dude, but we do not. Well, people don't try to send us things very often. No. Someone yeah. was like, I want to send you something I'm, we, enough that we might need to do it. But, uh, 
Yeah, so uh, you're right, you're right. But he does treat it with like flippantly where this person is like, we as the audience know this person very seriously is con- contemplating suicide, but he has no idea or he thinks it's like just as silly as this previous letter. And then he kind of, he never says don't I hate do it. it. I, I, but he, I, I, so I've, I've never had suicidal thoughts, but I have been deeply depressed. Yeah. I fucking hated this. I was like, this is not how you handle this in any stretch of the imagination. Like, that's not how this works because yeah he calls him and it's cavalier he's like oh so what? yeah do you have a gun all right like okay andrew dice yes. clay go fuck yeah. off right because then yeah. later he, he the, the kid they, thank christ they don't show up but the kid does kill himself i was really worried they were going to show this kid put a gun in his mouth and i was like this this is gonna really be hard to come back from if this is in this movie and then he is like i feel responsible people are like it's not your fault I'm like it it kind of is like no one can directly say like you are the one responsible for it unless you were that fucking girl in that about that, that Hulu show was about. But like you didn't help. Someone yeah. cried to you for help. And people who are depressed yeah. don't do that often. We hide it. Right. But, right. And you didn't help. Right. Yeah. You actively did I, not help. So you're a little responsible yeah. for this. Yeah. Responsible seems like a, a a bigger swing that I am personally willing to go, but it's like he doesn't say don't do it. He just doesn't tell him not to do it. You know what I mean? Like he t- he he takes no stance on the issue, which is which you know a cowardly thing to do. In the terms of suicide, you can take a stance. I don't think there's a yeah. lot of people that will go. You should have told him to kill himself. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. You yeah, can yeah. safely say don't do it. Yeah. 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 But like. There's the barest hint of it where he like he ends the radio show right after that call by saying like, you know, I hope good night to you and good night to you and good night to you and good night to you. Most of all, I hope tomorrow is better. But it doesn't. It's like it's like almost saying don't do it and not saying don't do it. Yeah, it's just like I don't I can't possibly imagine getting a letter that says, should I kill myself? Here's my phone number and not immediately being like, no, you should not. Let's talk about this. What's going on? But maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just a, a human with no. more than normal amount of empathy. <laughs> but like, I, I, if someone reached out to me and was like, "I'm going to kill myself," I, my immediate instinct would be like, "Don't do that. Let's figure out like what can we do? Like how can we how can we brighten it up a little? You know, like what's what's step one? I don't know. Let's don't eat know lunch steps... together. Let's start there. Right? Like, yeah. I don't know what steps two through a hundred are, but I know step one is put the gun away. Yes. You know, like I, you know, that, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. One, I think this is the part where he realizes the power he has. I think it's a, it's a callous way for the movie to prove this point, Yes, but it is what it's here for. Uh, and, and two, he definitely doesn't think this is real. Like he would, it's like, I don't think he, there's any part of this character that's like, Oh, someone seriously contemplating suicide has reached out to me. Now you and I are like, anytime anyone says anything like that, I'm not treating it like a joke, you know, like I would just would never do that. Like I, you know, I, uh, had never had a friend. Thankfully, I've never had anyone reach out to me with this exact thing, but I've had friends who did self harm that have reached out to me in moments before they were going to do it. And I tried to convince them not to do it and to do things like that. Like that's or happened in for deep me. mental crises and needed. Yeah. To get off the yeah. ledge, so, so the yeah, metaphorical exactly. ledge. 
Right, right. So like I've never I've thankfully never had anyone reach out to me in this exact situation, but like these situations exist and I, it's like it's very flippantly it's tr- treated very flippantly in this movie and I don't think it'd be treated very flippantly in the like even a couple years later, but for whatever reason at this stage that like nobody cares. It almost feels like the way Heather's handled it. Yeah. Which is but which is not the rest of this movie. So I was right. like, what's happening? And then the next, well, ju- I'm jumping ahead two seconds. The next day, yeah. I'm like, your fucking broadcast needs to be two sentences today. Hey, listeners, unfortunately, that ma- that listener did kill himself. I'm deeply sorry for what happened. And out of respect, I this is the end of tonight's broadcast. My, my, my thoughts with the family, click. That's what yeah. it needed to be because right. you were the last person to speak with him. Right. And you didn't say don't do it. It's not a good move. Right. And everyone's like, they cut to all the teens being like, what? You're stopping your radio show? And I was like, someone fucking killed themselves. Right, right. Yeah. and uh, Yeah. Fuck it's your pirate very, radio. Very yeah. It, I agree with you. I It, it, it does. It does suck. The, the, I don't want to back up too far, but like the, the, the other two things that happen b- before he gets back on the radio is there's this bizarre thing where like. The, the kids are dancing, but they're dancing to like music they're not allowed to dance to. And they like snatch the tape away and they're like, dancing is a privilege, not a right. And I'm like, what? It's like they're like weird making a big deal that these kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the teachers are all like, oh, where are these tapes coming from? As if it's like we need to root out the rap listeners. <laughs> no, the they're talking about they're the, the I think they're talking about the tapes of the radio show because later okay. they catch because the kids selling them. like. Oh, they do do that, but it seemed like he was talking about the rap tape, so I was confused. But then the other big thing that happens here, uh, Nora, who's like the second major character. Princess movie. Daisy from the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yes, uh, Samantha Mathis, who is also uh, two fun facts here. Her mother is a actress whose name I have on the back half of my notes, but I will get to. Uh, but uh, her mother is the actress who plays the woman who gets eaten by the worm in the beginning of Tremors. Really? In the car. Oh, that's cool. There's like the older husband and wife yeah. who are like homesteading it. Yeah, her that's her mom. Uh BB Besh is the is the mom's name. Um and uh Samantha Mathis is the current uh vice president of SAG AFTRA. Really? Good for her. Yeah. She also yeah. So she she's worked pretty steadily in TV and movies, but she's been vice president of SAG AFTRA for a, a number of years now. Cuz I didn't realize I'm mad that I didn't realize this cuz my boyfriend and I started watching The Strain last year. Oh, yeah. Which is like vampires as an illness. Mm-hmm. Just to long story short, we, the books are the books are good. Yeah, we fell off when after a couple seasons because it started to feel like where are we going? But she was yeah. a key character in that. She was like a New York senator or like an elected official of some kind for mm-hmm. a district. I don't know how mm-hmm. politics work like that. And I was on her Wikipedia like I clicked like, oh Princess Daisy, and then I was like she was she was the woman in the strain who was like we're taking back the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those books are very good. I, I highly recommend if you're, you're looking I think for, I have one of long, them. But they're good. Yeah. It's Guillermo del Toro and uh, I think Peter Straub is the co-author. Also, when he said, I have a P.O. box, I was like, well, why don't they just stake out the P.O. box and find him? And then 20 minutes later, they do that. And then 30 minutes later, they do it again. And I was like, what have we been doing? Well, okay. So I do really like, though, it's like, it's a funny part of the movie that Nora stakes out the P.O. box and catches him. And the police stake out the P.O. box. They're like, tell me who this is registered to. And the guy's like, it's registered to 
hashtag GFY at the school's address or whatever. And I was like, they didn't have to show ID for this. And then I was like, oh, this isn't a USPS post, like a post box. So maybe there's like different rules for the ones at like a FedEx or something. Yeah, I guess. Also, I shouldn't have said responsible. I say he should feel guilty. That's fair. He should not. That's fair. I, responsible is strong. That. He should feel absolutely yes. guilty. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I, yeah, it's like responsible feels like a lot for, for just not intervening, but certainly I would hope he's carrying some guilt. But also Nora is sort of like the first instance uh, of the parasocial friendship, which is like a thing that's prevalent now in my, that I've felt as well as like with podcasts where it's like something about podcasts and I guess radio before it is very intimate. And so it's like, you can feel like you have a relationship with the person on the other end who largely doesn't know yeah, who you YouTube are. YouTube is like, the same way. Or, yeah, yeah. And there's been there's been a, like a lot of like I have felt it and been like, oh, that's you're you're assigning an emotion to this that is inappropriate because these people live inside your earphones. But that's like not they're they don't know who I am. No. Like of course they said no when I asked if they wanted to come on my podcast. <laughs> like, who the hell am I? You know. Um, but yeah, so she's, she knows all this stuff about him and she's like, got this crazy board of like, she's, she's got a murder board, habits. call it what it she is. She does have a murder board. Okay. Uh, but she's the one who writes him the saucy poem. Eats lunch yeah. alone in the stairwell. Chews yes, blackjack yes. gum. Yes. Yes. And that's how she ends up finding him. He's like sitting there reading a book and she's like, oh, blackjack gum. Let me have a stick. And then she's like, I know it's you hard dick, Harry or whatever. Harry hard on. Yeah. She's great. Uh, so she, yeah, she follows him to the PO box, and he's like, "I'm having a really shitty day. I need to leave," and like runs away. And that's but when, at this point, Princess Daisy's like, "It's not your fault." And I was like, "Well, it's, it's not not." Yeah, let's let him be a little guilty about this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so at this one, he has like a really big fight with his parents, and this is where they say, "We think you should be in. We would like to put you in therapy because, right. you know, you aren't making friends and you're not living up to your potential." Uh, Ellen Green says that you're an amazing writer and you like are hiding from it like yeah yeah because he immediately jumps to like oh I need to get a girlfriend and go to college and write a bestseller and I was like that none of that's what they said you should have yeah, a they, friend and yes. have a hobby have a hobby yes. and a <laughs> friend please <laughs> yeah yeah it's like and perhaps you pursue that hobby we'll start there like college yeah <laughs> We don't know what you're doing. All we hear is you yelling downstairs and making noises of masturbation. It's a, l- a little weird that the parents didn't know. Like, he screams sometimes on that radio broadcast, and it's like... Yeah, he, yeah. He had no idea. It also is weird to me that, like, he doesn't have a wire. <laughs> like, the, he's always walking around with this microphone, and it's wireless, and it seems very early for good wireless tech. Oh, was it wireless? They never show the wire. He never, like, has to worry. Like, he's never, like, usually when someone's walking around with a wired microphone, like, one hand is on the mic and the second hand is pulling the wire. Yeah. They don't, you know what I mean? Keep it free. He never does that. It also is confusing how they do the, how he does the voice modulation thing. Mm -hmm. Because, like, he'll, he's talking into the microphone. And then later we see that it's, like, the microphone feeds into the modulator, which feeds into the broadcast thing. But he's holding the phone next to the microphone as he's talking, I'm like, yes. they don't hear a modulated voice then? No. They don't hear yeah, shit. They, don't. they definitely don't. Yeah. They hear his regular voice. Although I guess it's like, it's just one kid and it's, you know, it's it's probably harder to identify a voice yeah. from the phone call, especially because he doesn't speak to anyone at school. That's true. Like, or if, honestly, if that was his reason for not talking to kids at school, 
Yeah, no, that seems like the real reason why he doesn't talk to like you know he's got his social anxiety. Sorry, theory, I can't. That's I'm too shy. <laughs> and Gail. Yeah. Uh, so we get one of the best reporter names ever, Shep Shepard, and he's uh, doing a live broadcast. It was great. Like, he just straight up blames uh, ha- Harry Hardon for he's he's like he made this kid commit suicide. He basically told him to do it, and I'm like, all right, this is a little hyperbolic. Fox News, calm down. Yeah. I, so I was like, is he supposed to be a Gale Weathers? Like, what am I supposed this to get out of him? This dude has a weirdly prominent role for not being at all important to the future of the story. That's what I mean. I was like, Gale was like part of the story and like yes, in the yes. trenches. And this guy just like shows yeah. up and is like, Jacques, bye. Yeah. Well, he's th- here for the rest of the movie, but he never like. But uh, that's all he does. He walks reason. up, yes. <laughs> accuses, and then Jacques. takes a smoke break. Yeah. I got some Danish. So this is this is where we get the thing you kind of alluded to already, where he goes and he's talking on and on about how like suicide is bad and no one should do it, which is all good things. But the part that I found bonkers here is he's like, my parents gave me this shortwave radio equipment so I could talk to my friends back east, and I'm like, that's like really complicated to do. Like people were your friends radio enthusiasts. But also like shortwave radio can travel long distance. But it is not like one-to-one communication. It's not like, oh, I'm on this channel and I can just like seamlessly talk to a person. Yeah, that would have to be like ham or CB, channel. right? Well, that's essentially what this is. It's like it's the it's just the even like CB is one-to-one communication. Ham radio is the similar to this, and that it is long, long distances. And so it's just like like the like it's such an extremely complicated way to try to have coast to coast communication like what on earth are you thinking yeah it's a weird one but he like classic white guy centers himself on this apology and then is like and good night and then everyone gets mad that he's like he's not doing his show forget that a student killed himself we're mad about our radio right. and then he's like no i'm well, getting they want their mtv i don't know if you remember but these youth they want their MTV. Let me smack my head so my the rolled eyes pop back down. And it's just like, I was like, oh, he's going to, oh, no, he's not. Because he runs back on. He's like, suicide is simple, but it's not. And I'm like, okay, white boy, maybe write your thoughts down first. Because you're rambling yeah. in a way that uh, sounds like suicide is not that complicated and cool. Yeah, yeah. You, you definitely are giving this speech without having put the cards in the correct order. Yeah, these these train cars need some adjustment. But I really love this part. So like the the type A girl, the little Reaganite we saw earlier has she, I keep calling her that because she is literally dressed like a picture of Nancy Reagan that you see from like 1986. Yeah, like she, back when she was the throat outfit. goat. Yeah. So she grabs like every, you know, trophy and bit and bob and she shoves it on the microwave and I'm like you're going to make a bomb. Like if you want to destroy this stuff, put it in a, in the, on in a pit and burn it, but you're going to make it. Or pull a, a, metal. a cat woman and shove them down the garbage disposal. Get yeah, chips yeah. of metal. It's, so I was really delighted when in this movie that has essentially no special effects of any kind, the girl turns the microwave on, sits down like, I don't know, four feet from it, like a complete maniac. And then the microwave blows up and catches fire. Well, it's the classic movie thing where like, if you put, metal and things that aren't supposed to be in the microwave and set it for a 30 second timer at the end of the 30 seconds it will explode but like yeah it'll just explode <laughs> yes yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. not a time it's not a time bomb it's just <laughs> exactly. a bomb exactly 
Yeah, yeah. I there is a movie where they stick a bunch of I want to say it's like spray paint cans or something, and they they put like a ten minute on it, and it's not like a timer. It's just like we got to run. I don't know when this is gonna go off. It's about the only time I've ever seen a movie do it correctly. Because you're right, it's always like thirty seconds and three, two, one, boom. Beep, boom. I mean, <laughs> always. It's my I love that scene in Catwoman in in Catwoman in Batman Returns, aka Catwoman's the star. She puts all the hairspray cans and then does a bunch of backflips out the door. Oh, it is Catwoman. That's funny. That's funny. She backflips out the door to Batman and the Penguin and says, meow, boom. Like, yeah. that. that's badass and I love it, but it's a silly thing. I mean, the tone of that movie is absurd, so it's fun. Yeah. But he he starts, so he's inspiring people to go nuts. For some reason, he's humping what it can only be his mother's wedding dress. I don't think wedding dress. It, it was definitely his mother's dress of some kind, but it didn't seem like that would be her wedding dress. It's like white and poofy, so I just made an assumption. But it, it that mom would not have had a, like a, a skinny, a spaghetti strap dress like that. Like when she got married, okay, that true. mom would not have done that. It would have been a yeah. full poof. Yeah. So he gets another call. And it's a, a young gay person who's like talking about this really awful experience that they had with a person who they thought they had this romantic connection. And it turned out they were just a horrible bully homophobe. And I'm like, maybe you felt differently. Obviously, we're going to come from this at, at different angles. But I was like clenching my teeth like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And I was surprised by how well this was handled. Not could have been better. Could have been better. I mean, but I but I was like, given how we had seen difficult issues broached in this movie of sexual assault and suicide, I was like, oh, boy, what are we going to see here? Yeah. Well, as we all know, queer people are only here to provide tragedy. So... Yeah, yeah. I have to get that one out of the way. Fuck that noise. Like gay people can be happy too. Right. Um what it his story didn't even make a lot, like it was unclear at the end. He was like he at first I was like he lured him there for this, but then I didn't know if his buddies just showed up. Yeah. It was a little unclear. It it, it doesn't it does not explain. And it then well. he starts to say that he did everything they asked and I was like so they assaulted you? Yeah. Like, is yeah. this a rape situation? What yeah. What happened to you? And then I was like, just name them. You're on the radio. Name them, you faggot. Name them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the other thing that drives me insane about this is like, this is, there is a big thing with old stuff where, and, and new stuff too, where it's like, you can't, no one can ever just be like, hey, I'm gay, you know, or I'm. Guess who got queer. murdered? <laughs> right which is like no one can just be like oh i'm bisexual or i'm gay or whatever like no one can ever say that word like that sentence is verboten and it's just like this kid is talking about getting naked with a person of the same sex can he just say i'm gay can why can't this character just say those two words like can't that be it like put it in the movie you coward yeah it's fine no i, I yeah i was like I, I was i could see the soapbox coming towards me i was like no 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 don't get on it now. <laughs> I just, I was afraid this was going to go in a way where Christian Slater was shitty to this guy. Yeah. In addition to the thing that happened to him. And I was just like, oh no. Like, it was going to be like, well, I feel bad about the, sex, uh, the about the suicide, but you, you can get all my derision. I was just <laughs> like, oh no, don't do it. Don't do it. So I was like, oh, okay. Like they handled it bad instead of a uh, just an atrocity, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I 
I love too. We've talked about this and other things, but there's like he has a 100 like Clark Kent Superman thing, where like his radio persona, the hair's different, his clothes are a little different, his glasses are off, cool. Yeah, and then when he gets to school, he's got like a flannel buttoned all the way up and these these large of the time, but like very early 90s, uh, late 80s glasses. This like big big frame or big uh, wire. Not for, I guess the frame is big, but the the actual lens is very large as well. Yeah, they're like wire glasses. Thank you. Um, but I, yeah, I just really love the like Clark, and he's like even like, and again, this is to Christian Slater's good performance. Like he holds his books and he's all hunched when he's when he's not on the radio. But when he's on the radio, he's like his whole body changes. Like he's like two, he's playing like two different people when he plays his yeah either version. Of it's the, it's the but it's also the classic movie thing of like you're hot, put on glasses and put your hair in a messy yeah. bun, and now you're hideous. I'm like you're still yeah. Christian fucking Slater in 1990. Like yeah. you're still a babe. Yeah. Yeah, he's not just a snack. He's a whole meal. Yeah, but they they then after the the gay kid, there's like ninety seconds of B roll of Christian Slater like mopey walking through neighborhoods, and I was like, "What are you sad about? The kid who killed himself was sad. The gay kid was sad. What are you sad about, Christian Slater?" Yeah, I thought this was going to be like cover and like useful to the radio production or something where he was like trying to look inconspicuous. Yeah. And later we find out that's sort of part of the game. But this scene is not related to that. at all. No, if they were if this was if this was him alluding uh, getting ready for the phone thing later, that would have been great. But it, I don't think it was. Yeah. So back at school, the the chubby kid who was making a buck selling the tapes, he gets caught like it's clearly a sting operation which is like the worst kind of cop shit where it's like like oh so it was a fake drug deal that was irrelevant anyway and it was just like uh, these two jocks walk up and like hey i heard you got the tapes they five bucks and the kid's like yeah here you go and then immediately the teacher like grabs see i thought they were actually interested because the jocks were like the jocks the whole time are in harry hardon's corner they're like singing the the guy like they're i didn't know that they were i i didn't get that they were part of it Okay, the way that it's framed, it looked like a sting operation to me, but maybe the teacher was just watching in this spot. But yeah, um, so they grab this kid and then they're like, the, tell us who the radio DJ is. And he's like, why would I know? Yeah, he's like, no one knows who it is. And he's like, well, you better find out or you're expelled. And he's like, how am I supposed to figure this out? Like, it's um, his unidentified. I just sell man. tapes. Yeah. Uh, so there's a great scene where, is this where we first see, uh, Seth Green yep. or is he come later? This okay. is it. So With his little long hair. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah uh, a little rocker boy. Um, they like <laughs> somehow hack into the school speaker system. It's very hand wavy, but, but it's funny. It's sort of like, it's, they treat the speaker system as though it's like a water supply where you can yes. just like yeah. jump in at any point and it, you're, you've, yeah. you've put stuff in the water. Instead of yes. that's not, I don't think, I mean, I'm not an engineer. I don't think that's how speaker systems work. Yeah, I don't really know. Like They like take two alligator clips line. and they're like, clip, clip. Yes. We now yes. control the like, sound. Like if it was a power line, you could, like anything that's pushing, you could, it, like people steal cable that way. Yeah. People steal power that way. But I don't know. I, I mean, presumably. You could steal power that know. way? I mean, it would potentially kill you, but you could definitely like. Wow. I just like that's this cable power. seems so much easier than, than power. Yeah, and also not going to kill you. But the like the way that I understand a speaker to work, the wire is just like the vessel, the line that physically carries the signal. So unless these speakers needed to be switched on, like powered to work, you would think that if you clipped into the line, you could send a signal to it. 
but to all of the speakers in the school. So I you would yeah, like I don't like 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 I have a, a surround sound at the house and that is like a box that sends a signal to those speakers and so presumably if you like opened that box, you could find the yeah. thing and clip to it. I could not do this, but presumably someone could do this. But anyway, they broadcast a tape, which is just like the morning announcements, but chopped and screwed and remixed. No, it's not the morning announcements. That's what this is. What's very confusing is that like, okay, it's someone took the recording of the guidance counselor from the one night's broadcast where he didn't really say anything incriminating. He wasn't like, yeah, I fuck students or like anything crazy is he was just talking and they remix it in this like my name's Dr. Dre River and I was and then yeah. he comes out and he's like mortified and like yes. turn that off and I was like but what like you were on the radio yeah. show everyone heard it yeah. like why is this embarrassing yeah and then it, this scene is my favorite in the movie because it's this the the principal and this teacher go bursting into the room where a, like five different staff members are frantically swatting at switches and buttons it looks like a star trek does, i was gonna say it, it looks, looks like something <laughs> it looks like the uh it looks like it should have a radar dit, like a radar boop boop. Yes, like the yes, yes. It's got a hundred lights and a thousand switches, and it's like they're all frantically slapping at buttons and flipping toggles and doing all that stuff. And they're like, "We can't turn it off." And she's like, "Well, turn it off." And they're like, "We can." She's like, "Cut the power." They're like, "It's not working." And she's like, "Cut the power to the whole school." But it's just like it's truly a scene straight out of Star Trek, where it's just like, "Captain, they've locked onto us, and there's nothing we can do about it." Like Scotty's down there for some reason. But Again, like, what is this scene? again why is this drama like there's nothing scandalous yeah. about what's being broadcast yeah well it's just in this school clearly like any authority figure having to show their ass a little bit is just ruinous yeah which again should have been made much clearer yeah so uh fake billy idol who we've seen a few times in the movie is a kid who got expelled earlier in the year. oh you're right just, yes like, that's who he around. is yeah um so he gets nabbed and they're like all right, you're the radio DJ. And he's like, I'm not. And they're like, yes, you are. And he's like, I, but I'm not though. And they're like, we'll fine, expel you. get out of here. And he's yeah, like, you already like, did that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a like, student anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so they kick him out of the room and we smash cut to Nora and uh, Christian Slater. And they like, she grabs him and she takes him into a classroom. And then we hear the speakers come on. And it's like, students, please inform your parents that tonight there'll be an emergency PTA meeting, an emergency PTA meeting. It's like, that's how they got the word out. The kids had to be the little narcs and tell them like, like who's going to, who's going to do that? Like, You don't have a phone tree to set up. So this is where the cops show up at the P.O. box and there's like a fake name and it's registered to the school, which I thought every time clever. Christian Slater. Yeah, it could be clever. He is. And I that's good for the character. Yeah, it's like the extremist version of a Ferris Bueller type. Yes, yes. What is a school commissioner? That's what his dad's title is. And I was like, I've never heard that term before. Yeah, I've never heard that term before either. From context in the movie, he seems like a super administrator, but it's weird that there's one at each school as opposed to like him working for the district as like a, you know, uh, some sort of supervisor. Yeah, I was like, is he a superintendent? Like, yeah, superintendent. That's the word I want. Or is he? Like, or is it like a like police? Like, is he like Commissioner Gordon? Yeah, I don't know. It's it is not explained, and I I've never heard of that role. Um, it's also weird that they. The, faculty let a child come to this meeting even though he, even if christian slater was with his parents like they would be like no no students get out 
Yeah, well, it's supposed to be the meeting where his his dad is like getting introduced as the new employee, and it's obviously like goes to, to shit because of this ha- Harry Hardon. I thought it was to. I thought the meeting was an emergency meeting. Well, yeah. So it's clearly stated as an emergency meeting, but then it also is like, well, tonight's your dad's big night, so it's treated like it's not an emergency meeting, but it's just the next meeting. So I don't, I don't know the answer. Yeah, uh, Lin Shay is here. Lovely, lovely Lin Shay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. For the only scene, right? only a line of dialogue, and I was like, I thought yeah. you were a little bigger than that by now. Well, it's possible she just got cut. Like maybe she was the parent of a kid, and they just yeah trim the roll down. Um. So while they're all there, this has to be a real high school, by the way. Like oh, it has. I think it exact... is shot in a real high school. Well, if it was either the greatest set ever created or an actual high school, because it perfectly captured the just depressing nature of all high school rooms. Yeah. There's a sadness to the building. A cinder block wall with some uh, posters about how to do math. Yeah, yeah. Sticky, gummy, sticky to the wall. Yeah, yeah, like blue gum, not gum nonsense. Yeah. And while all the parents are, like, complaining about, you know, let's get the radio DJ, uh, the Reagan, mini Reagan, shows up. I, I have her name written down as Paige. So Paige, yeah, I know it is Paige. Name. Okay, okay. Um. And as we were told that she was in an explosion, all she yes. could, it looks like she got a nose job. It looks like, yeah, or punched in the nose, yeah. She just has a little band-aid across her nose, but she steps up to the front and she's like, let me speak. And the principal's like, no. And I'm like, well, wouldn't all the parents be like, no, like, let's, if our brightest yeah. student just had a mental breakdown, let's hear what she has to fucking say. Yeah. And you hear some of the parents being like, no, let her speak. Let's hear it. Yeah. Like, you hear the, the crowd clearly is in, in the same line with you. But I couldn't get like, the part of this like I could not get over. And like this, there is another movie, Heather's like movie that does it more uh, bluntly this way. But it's like, this is literally a student crying for help. And people are like, shut up. We don't want to hear it. Yeah. Be quiet. Exactly. It's crazy. So it's literally she's crying out for help. She's like, I need help. I she need says, you to oh, listen to me. Like, yes. And yes. then she just leaves because they won't. They, they won't. And then goes to the yeah. camera and she's like. All the reporters, again, very Heathers, are like, are you on drugs? Will you do anything Harry Hardon says? Are you a slut? This is 100% right out of Heathers. And she just starts, like, growling and screaming at the cameras. And I was like, that's not a way to let, that's not a way to tell people, like, I'm not on drugs. That's not the best way to do that. Yeah, she's just going, like, Ozzy Osbourne. Giving the finger. Uh Slater sneaks out and then Nora comes to the house and he's burning all the letters and she's like, well, why are you doing that? And I'm like, because he needs to destroy well, the My evidence. favorite is that she comes up and she goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, the fuck you think he's doing, Princess Daisy? He's He's got a can of lighter fluid and he's pouring it onto a flame. He's he's squirting lighter, like, is, or is it, uh, like, is that is it lighter fluid that they squirt onto, like, barbecues? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. He's like literally squirting it onto a, an open barbecue that's aflame. And she's like, yeah. as he's throwing papers on, like, what do you think he's throwing onto the fire? Right, right. So they're down in the basement and the parents come home and it's that like, oh, shit, 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 shit. And the dad's like pounding on the door like, son, son, let us in. And he's like, just a sec, just a sec. And he's like stalling, stalling, He's stalling, hiding, hiding the radio, radio equipment, gear. but I thought his parents bought it for him. So wouldn't they know it's yeah, there? Yeah, that part's very strange. I wonder if it's like, we see like a soldering iron and a bunch of stuff. And it's like, clearly he was adding and tweaking this gear. Like he's clearly very smart. Yeah. But it's like, the, he opens the door finally and the dad's like, it took you like five minutes. What were you doing? And I was like, 
Dad probably masturbating. You weren't home. He was by himself and the door was locked. You're a man. You yeah. could probably figure that out, right? But also the classic then, dad move of it was a minute. That means five minutes. Dad minutes yes. are different minutes. Oh, dad minutes are completely time dilates when it's a dad minute. And then Nora pops out and the parents are like, he was fucking. Burr, 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 I think it's more like he was having social interaction. <laughs> but it's like the parents are practically doing the scene I described in that thing you do. They're like jumping up and down, holding hands like he was getting it. He was getting it. I'm like, this is the opposite of any parent interrupting this that I've ever seen in a movie. Well, these parents know that their kid is, you know. One of two options that I described at the top. So they're like, thank God he's talking to somebody. Yeah, they're like, we thought you were that crazy DJ. Hurt. Yeah, right. Uh, so he's back on the radio. I, well, I, I Also, it annoys it. me because okay. he's like, I'm not doing the broadcast. And she's like, you have a responsibility to your audience. And I was like, no, he's doing the responsible thing by yeah. not broadcasting. Right, right. Uh, so he he's got he I didn't notice it earlier, but he's got a uh, Sergeant Slaughter G.I. Joe. Uh, is that what is that the guy who was funny. sitting on the box like that he has to flip, switch yeah, on with the with the big wide brimmed hat and the glasses? Oh, I didn't. Hmm. He was actually a WWF wrestler who they then like licensed to be a G.I. Joe and he did the voice of it as well. Did you have him? I'm certain that I did. I don't recall him of the many uh, G.I. Joes, but I'm certain that I had uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, but th- so they're like, oh, they're tracing his call. And I was like, huh, I don't know how he's going to get out of this one. And it's the I knew it was going to be a fake out somehow. I knew it was going to be a fake out, too. But I was like, what could this possibly be? And I thought it was going to be some like, you know, alligator clips or something. No, he has a cordless phone that he hooked up in his neighbor's shed. And the cop gets up to it and he's like, well, he could be anywhere within a thousand yards of this. And I'm like, OK, time out. It's 1990. The best cordless phone we had in our house before, like phones, you know, were not really a necessary part of the household. Maybe got a thousand inches from the base. Those things notoriously sucked. He couldn't just be a thousand yards. I thought away they said a thousand multiple feet. Walls. I thought they said a thousand feet. He says a thousand yards. Oh, I thought feet. But this is also where uh Princess Daisy is like, talk to me. Tell me to get out. Say something to me. And he's like, I can't. And he turns around to the radio and like takes off his glasses and musses his hair. And he's like, I can only talk when I'm on the radio. And I was like, yes. All right. This feels a little late in the movie to be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where he's like, he reads a fake letter. that's like, I can only talk to girls if I'm pretending to be someone else or something like that. Uh, And then suddenly nudity. It's the weirdest sex scene I've ever seen. And I'm going to call <laughs> it that odd. because that poor actress was naked for too long as the yeah. camera just like swiveled back and forth and they like, they brought their lips close and pulled away a little close. Pulled, like I was like, get on with it. I mean, if I looked like either of these two did when I was 20, I would I'd never like, wear fucking clothes. Here, here's my topless body. <laughs> Everybody I mean, take a absolutely. Peek. But yeah. like, in terms of a movie film, it's weird yeah. that they <laughs> it is take that long to fucking kiss. Oh, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Oh, uh, the mom uh, also. I I had all. The, I sometimes when I like do the research, it just gets scattered. Yeah, throughout as you're going head. through. And I and I remember the mom played uh, Carol Marcus in in Star Trek. Who I th- I think she's in definitely Wrath of Khan. She might. I think it's Wrath of Khan that she's in. This we covered her on the show. Is she the one like the Earth Girl that? 
No. No, no, no. Uh, Carol Marcus is in Wrath of Khan, not the one with the whales. You're okay. confusing the two. Yeah. Wrath of the Khan is the one you really hated. The one with the whales is the one you thought was like fine. But the Wrath of Wrath of Khan had um Ricardo Montalban, so that's not Yes. No, he's great. Terrible, the movie's but slow. Yeah. That actually on Easter, uh, my boy went to my boyfriend's family and I in the other room I heard his brother talking about Star Trek thing. He was like, Yeah, the the, the fourth one where they had to, the with the whales and the and the the building material and I was like, Invisible aluminum. <laughs> i'll be in the other room I, playing with your knees I, sorry I, I, will, I will stand by that movie uh i the the dollar tree near me keeps getting the like somewhere between the, the first nine star treks like in various it's like maybe not all nine but like on a blu-ray cl- yeah and i'm like should i buy this i do like this movie and i'm like no for a dollar 25 why not yeah i just like you gotta watch it i just don't know if i'll ever watch it again but i do like that movie um so we're at the school and and we get a long meandering silent shot now of it's for it's uh christian slater goes up to princess daisy and they kind of like giggle and smile and then we get, it's just long meandering silence of them go walking through the school, like giggling at each other, but no actual sound. I was like, what are we doing? It feels like there was dialogue that they cut here, that they like just turned it into a montage. Yeah, but it's not a montage. It's just them walking from one place to another. Yeah. yeah. You gotta do more shit to call it a montage. And then clearly like the heat is being turned up because the, 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 the mean teacher who we've seen a bunch, who's the one who like confiscated the tapes and he's like the right hand man of the principal lady. He, uh, like starts getting into it with students and then he punches a kid. The one who got expelled. So technically not a student, but still. Okay. But still he punched a teenager. He like really punches this guy. Ellen Green shows up and she's like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. 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 And And they're like, mind your own business. The principal is like, butt out or you're fired. But also right before this princess Daisy goes, you can't quit now. You're so close to getting your message out. And I was like, what message? Also, yeah, if he hasn't gotten it out in however long he's been doing the fucking radio, maybe he can't get it out. Right. It's like this movie is clearly wants to be about the institutional rot at this uni- at this uh, high school, not university. But it doesn't do nearly enough to talk about that. And so no. it's like there's the like this is where it starts to be part of the plot. But it should have been way earlier in the movie. Yeah. Like he should have been gathering evidence. Yes. Or she should, like you said. Yeah. But I mean, if it's the whole, like, your message thing, I'm like, he should have been gathering evidence so that he can, like, I can't right. tell the public this because no one's going to believe me. I have to have right. proof. Because there's that scene earlier in the movie where he, like, there's a there's a expulsion letter written for a student and he steals it. Because she like, was pregnant. Well, right. And it's like, well, is the dad, like, now the dad won't see that letter? Like, that seems like that would have been, the dad might have uncovered this earlier. Like, maybe you impeded the investigation. Yeah. And then also, so at this point, we were obviously starting to realize there's like corruption at the school. And I was like, but the mechanics aren't making any sense to me. Right. And then this is where the, t- the principal is like, we have the highest SAT scores in the state. And the teacher's like, well, how do you, the dad's like, how do you accomplish that? And she just goes, I stand by my results. And I was like, well, it's not an answer. Doesn't explain the like, answer. You have to, yeah. He's going to ask the question again. Right. And this is where Ellen Green, intrepid lady report, investigator, sneaks into the principal's office and fi- pulls out a single file. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> we should probably have pulled a couple more, but you know. Right. Yeah. Um, 
so Nora gets expelled. Uh, Audrey one has been fired and she like makes a point to come up to Christian Slater and she's like, keep up the good writing. You're great. And then, you know, she doesn't do that voice this mm-hmm. moment, but uh, she goes, suddenly <laughs> Christian yeah. uh, is broadcasting his voice because she's listening. Like we see shots of her listening to the radio show and it's like, well, does she know it's him? Like that would be an interesting angle too. Like if she or she's it was but- strongly suspects. Right. Right. Um, but the FCC is in town uh, and they're like clearly going to be like, uh, trying to track so down what's at what going point on. can the fcc get involved because if you're just like a dude screaming into the void like you can get a license to operate these kind of radios and if you don't they can nab you does it have to be at a certain level or just like you before you even broadcast you have to have a license i, th- I think that it's pretty much any it, there's some carve out for like extremely low powered stations for like uh what they do with drive-ins Okay. Where it's like it only it only is going to go a hundred feet or something like that. So I don't know all the rules, but I I uh, was curious enough about drive-in licensings to kind of read and read up about that. That like I think drive-ins have to register, but because they're such a low distance from the transmitter that they like it's like pretty much a formality, but you do have to do it. Mm. Um. Oh, uh, I don't know why I wrote this down here at this time, but uh, the actress who plays Nora was actually dating River Phoenix when he died. I I saw that. She didn't. Yeah. She didn't speak publicly about it until 2018. Yeah. Well, pretty, pretty crazy thing. To I mean, of course. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's also a so, burning effigy of the principal on a noose. So yeah. I, all I was thinking of was uh, the Nick Offerman line from Parks and Rec, where he's like, "Now, when you're gonna make an ex-wife effigy, you need to take this in mind." I just not start a, with not kindling a, at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, so Christian Slater is like rigging up a way to make his radio station mobile which is bonkers that he just has this equipment and can do that yeah the i do really like the man is barely in the movie and his character barely interacts with other characters but the fcc guy is really well cast as like a stodgy like a robot house type, you know <laughs> dude <laughs> thank you for using that uh, reference because that's the one that i get yeah, I, well, I was, I was playing to an audience of one, but like stodgy administrator type. And there's a part where like his van, the FCC van's been defaced. And he's like, this is the problem with free speech. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to be the FCC guy? Like protecting free speech party? No? Okay, never mind. Is it Federal Communications Commission? Commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Christian Slater sneaks in, not uh, sneaks, I guess kind of sneaks into Princess Daisy's bedroom, which is just, yeah. I guess, his move in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, fine. come outside with me and we'll mobile radio to the stars. Yeah, yeah. And so she's like, well, you said you were going to do it anymore. And he's like, yeah, but I have to now. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, why is this scene in the movie? Like, it should just be him like, beep, 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 beep. And then like talking to her on the radio. And then she comes running out. Like, yes. Let's move this along. Um, the So we find out what the deal is, is like the, the principal Basically, in the first month of school, like waits for kids to be enrolled so that they get the funding for them, but then immediately expels them and keeps the money, which I guess they're not supposed to do. And well, she uh, keeps them on the record. That's right. She reports them as being still students, but uh, they are expelled. 
Right. And so no one has caught on to this, like cooking the books. Like, you would it's think that the they thing would you notice described in the play. You would think they would. It's exactly pajama game. But you think they would notice that like, hey, you enrolled 100 students, but you only gave us 50 SAT scores. Yeah, so, that's the part that doesn't make any sense to me is like you'd think that would be those things would correlate at some point. Yeah. And this is where the dad finds out. And he's like, he's clearly higher level than the principal. And she's yeah, still yeah. trying to be like, this is my school. And he's like, no, you're fired. And she's like, you can't do yeah. that. And he's like, yeah, fully can. That's my job. My job to do that. Yes. Yes. Uh, so like that, that's happening. And it's like the movie at this point has like three phone booths. One phone booth is that one phone booth is Christian Slater in the car with Nora. And then the other one is the FCC guy in the back of his limousine who like, you never see like you hear kids outside, but you never see them. The windows are all like you occasionally. They'll occasionally do a close up of just the window. They have a few insert yes. shots of the window, but that's it. Yeah, but I was like, this guy. These shots could have been filmed in a different country than the rest of this movie. Like it's yeah. just it's very it's like it's like what they do now, and they're like, oh, we couldn't get all the actors together, so we just filmed them and CGI them together. But him in the back of this uh, like limo, Tig Notaro in that zombie movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like him inexplicably in this uh, back of this limo, like on the phone being like, get me out of here. And like doing doing this. He's really funny. Like he's I it's a very it. good. Yeah, it's a very good bit of business. I commend this actor tremendously. So they're driving around broadcasting and everyone's excited because I guess people have realized. So people realize that like this, we'll call it the football stadium, I guess, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is where the reception is best. And so that I do like that that throughout the movie more and more kids are coming to the radio, to the lawn to the football stadium to listen yeah. like more cars show up whatever so that by the end it's like a fucking party. Um, yeah, I think it's because it's like the bottom of a bowl and so the radio like the, that probably oh. helps the reception. I think people oh, people just said that it was close to his house. Well, that probably is too. Yeah, but so the FCC hears him broadcast and like zips and like peels out of there and all the kids are are cheering. Yeah. And he's playing more stupid, like, non-songs. It's like... Yes. It's a weird remix of, a like, a diss track with stupid sounds, like, song, like, music behind it. And I was like, what is this? Yeah, every time he plays a song, he, like, sings over it, which makes me think people would hate it. Like, if, Play like, a real if diss track to... if you're going to play a diss track. Right, right. Or just play the Beastie Boys if you're going to play the Beastie Boys. Don't sing it. Yeah. Or bitch track, maybe. Yeah. Huh. Diss track is what I... Well, is that is this like, track when people just talk? Insults? No. Then I think maybe it's a bitch like track. There's a song. There's okay. a track that's popular in like the Vogue scene and and stuff where it's like Got it. someone talking over a beat, and I it's not see. really singing. Yeah. No, no, diss track is like insults. Yeah, so maybe it's maybe it's a bitch track. But I really like the shot. They like pull up at the top of the hill and they see the the um, the football stadium full of cars, and it's like it's like him realizing like oh I've like sort of made a thing here, like I've created something. And this this ending feels like the most like i'm jerking myself off as a writer i'm i'm so proud of this stupid fucking ham-fisted metaphor moral that his his voice modulator breaks and he's like well i guess i have to be myself for once and i was like yeah fuck off (laughs) so he gives a big speech about like you know they don't this is where it gets really convoluted because he's like they don't know the airwaves and they They do you don't you you certainly don't own the airwaves yeah but it's like the point of this the message of this movie is not 
start a pirate radio station. The message of this movie is like, be part of something. <laughs> like, but like, the movie ends with start a with plot with yes, the message being start yeah. a pirate radio station. Yeah, it's like he gets arrested. They're like dragging him into the truck. The crowd is like, yeah, right. Well, They're so excited for him. And he turns around and like gives a final quip. It's like, you know, talk hard, which was his big broadcast thing. And as they put him in the paddy wagon. But then it's just the sounds of like other pirate radios being broadcast. And I was like, that wasn't the point I, of the I movie. I certainly think that was the point. But what what pissed me off the most is that they're on, Princess Daisy and him are on top of the hill and they're broadcasting and a chopper comes. And so yeah, they drive yeah. into the crowd where, like, the FCC already are. So they yeah, yeah. knowingly drove into enemy territory. And then... They also were fleeing from the police. Like, this yes. is, this should have a Butch Cassidy ending where they get killed. Or like, Thelma and Louise. That's how this would end. Yeah. That's I mean, they die there, end. too, but it's different. Yeah. But yeah, then, yeah. like, he's broadcasting... <laughs> it's like a triumphant death. Yes. They chose to die. Yeah. So like he's they stopped their car or the jeep and he's still broadcasting and then they yank the cord the FCC yanks the cord out and he does that stupid fucking surprise Chica Pikachu meme face yeah, and I was like yeah what did you think was gonna happen buddy yeah I do love that guy that that guy really like pulls that cord like he's he's like this is my moment in the movie and he yanks the cord it's like and then really Christian Slater's like yeah yes yeah of course they were gonna do that they were here to shut you down you knew that right. Right. But yeah, so that's it. He gets arrested and we hear like all these voices broadcasting and it's like, this is Sarah Smith of KTLA, whatever. This is Radio Free Roscoe. I'm Radio Rebel. Yeah. And I was just like, the point was that the ending of this movie fundamentally understands, misunderstands the movie that it's in. How did you write this to be the ending? Yeah. Final thoughts? Eh, I don't. Yeah. I would lightly recommend this if you're a big Christian Bale fan. Slater. If you are someone, thank you, the Christian Slater fan. I only did that once. I was sure I was going to do that. Impressive. For yeah. If you're a big Christian Slater fan, I think this is a must watch. Uh, I think if you are. He does give a great like, performance. This, I will say that. Yeah. I think if you're a little older than we are and you like like this, like if an early 90s movie would have been like peak teen years for you. Like this one probably will land for you in a way that it does doesn't quite for us uh, will be my guess. Uh, but I, I liked a lot of this movie. I think it's like it's almost like I said, it's all like with like, even like five more minutes of this movie. I think it could be legitimately very good of just like being about the corruption thing. And then the ending not being like start a radio station. Yeah, if you if you adjust the ratio of your sliders and you put yeah, a little more yeah. of the school stuff in, I think it's better. Yeah. Yeah. So I like a lot of parts of this movie. I just didn't like the I don't I don't think I like like I, I enjoyed watching it, but I probably won't ever watch it again is what I would say. Uh, but if you really like Christian ba- uh, Slater, if we really like Christian Slater and you missed it, uh, definitely worth checking out. It's a great performance from him. Really top of the top of the heap for me. Um, well, maybe not top. I, I really like him in a lot of stuff. But uh, yeah, go go check it out if, if uh, that is you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, Thank we're you, Tom. On Facebook. Yes, thank you, Tom, for the support and for the the suggestion. We appreciate that very much. Uh, in two weeks, we'll be doing Never Ending Story. And then in early June, we'll have our uh, Stripes episode up on the Patreon. I think I got those right. Uh, if not, strike that and reverse it. Uh, um, uh, send us a tweet at, at Dissect the 80s and say hello. We'd love to hear from you there. If you haven't done it yet, go review the show. We actually just got one of those that I need to read. Uh, so oh, just right. give me one moment. I just uh, I got to pull that up, but we got a nice review. I want to make sure we read that out. 
Uh, but yeah, if you haven't done that, please go do it. Uh, if you if you don't do the uh, Apple podcasts, uh, you'll have to um, uh, send us a picture or send us the text to uh, dissecting the 80s at gmail.com. But uh, please go do that if you haven't. We love to hear from you and we read those on the air, which I will in a moment as soon as I get this. Um, we're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash dissecting80s. And most importantly, patreon.com slash dissecting80s. You, uh, you can support the show directly and get a bunch of cool rewards. So go check that out. Um, this is a review from Olivia. It's five stars. Um, nope, that's not it. That's an email from a publicist who doesn't understand what our program is. <laughs> this review is from Jacinth Darkstar via Apple Podcasts. Uh, two brothers, T-W-O, two fun, T-O-O, five stars. I've enjoyed dissecting the 80s podcast for years and feel a deep-seated shame that I've not left it a positive review until now. I have enjoyed every episode since the beginning, even though I wasn't there for it. I have dug back into their back catalog. I've dug deep into their back catalog, excuse me. I also adore their differing perspectives, the amount of analysis and research they put into each film, and the long meandering comedy roads they travel down for extended journeys until they realize they should probably continue their review. Accurate. Uh, it's rare to find a podcast that exclusively explores films from my childhood as a late era Gen Xer, but is also willing to peer through any peer through a modern lens and call out the outdated stereotypes and tropes while not pulling punches, which I greatly appreciate as a member of the LGBTQIA plus community. Trip, Andrew, keep up the fantastic work, never change, and you'll have this listener for as long as you make podcasts. Thank you for that very nice review. Yes, uh, thank you, you so like much. Yours, yeah, it's very very kind. We appreciate that very much. Thank you for listening to the show. If you'd like to hear your review, write it and we'll read it. It's pretty darn simple. And if it's not uh, on the Apple podcast app, send us that picture. So thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for that very nice review. I have been Trip Leno. I will always be Andrew Leno. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow!